Good morning, everyone. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers here. Thank you. It's a, a great day today to, uh, to celebrate Father's Day and also to thank all the fathers for everything they've done for you and for your family. And it's also important for fathers to tell their family what it means to be a father and how the things that you do reflect your role as a father. So two ways. Children and family should share with their, with their fathers what they mean to them, but also fathers should share with their family what it means to, for them to be a father. Thank you also for um, wishing me a happy Father's Day. And as you know, a priest is also called a father. And this comes from the Old Testament and the New Testament, where spiritual leaders were called fathers. And specifically, St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, I have countless guides in Christ, you do not, but you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And as a father, I try to lead the parish in a spiritual way, way and also pray for every single one of you. So it's really important, although I don't share that with you often, that that's what I do every day, above all, and most importantly, is I pray for you. Um, and I'm also grateful today, as the pastor, as, as the father of the parish, for everyone in the parish who's, who's been working so hard to make our parish what it is today. Um, I, it's too, there are too many things for me to name absolutely everything, but every day and every week there are little angels that drop by and help in so many ways. And also what it means to me to be a father of the community is that I try to keep things not only on a good spiritual direction, but also I try to keep things looking clean. Uh, it's, I think it's very important for me that when you come here on Sunday, things aren't broken, things look clean, um, uh, doors and windows aren't falling apart and broken. And sometimes as I'm working during the week, um, sometimes people mistake me for the janitor or for some maintenance personnel. So that happens often. For example, yesterday somebody was using the hall and two little girls were playing in the, with the rose bushes and they decided to pluck all the roses, which is what young girls, little girls should do, enjoy, enjoy the flowers and smell of flowers. We tell that to adults, but we don't realize that little children do that anyways. So they plucked a lot of flowers and they left an entire bed of flowers just outside the entrance. So I walked over to them. I was wearing my shorts because I was cleaning the back lot. And I said to them, who did this? And the girl said, my sister. <laughs> that's kind of suspicious, but that's okay. And I said, well, who is going to clean it? She said, you are. <laughs> A little seven-year-old girl. And I said, why am I going to clean it? She said, because you're the janitor. You're cleaning everything else. I said, okay, that sounds good. I had a broom in my hand, so I went forward and started cleaning, doing what she asked me to do as a good janitor. So that's what I do as your father during the week. I not only focus on the spiritual direction of the parish, but I also focus on little things that come up here and there. But it's also important today as we celebrate Father's Day to realize that we are a family 
a parish is a family, and we are all responsible for each other's spiritual growth, and we're all responsible to keep things looking clean and functioning well in our parish. And we can always remind ourselves to always work as a team and work as a united family. Coincidentally, today we also celebrate what we call the Sunday of all the saints. And the saints are the ultimate team. They're God's team. And we are God's team. And this uh, Sunday is celebrated the week after Pentecost, which of course Pentecost is 50 days after, after the celebration of Easter. And so the progression of the feasts that we celebrate are the resurrection of Jesus at Easter, Jesus sends forth the Holy Spirit upon us, and we are called to become saints. We are called to be holy. In other words, God has left us in charge of making this world a better place. And that is what is very important in our life of faith, to realize that God fills us with his Holy Spirit and that we live our faith in what we say and what we do. The word saint simply means holy, simply a word for holy. And throughout the Bible, um, this word is used actually in many different ways. We have places that are holy. For example, in the book of Exodus, Do not come near, put off your shoes from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. So the ground is holy. And of course today we, we realize that our church is holy. The church is a holy place that we go and pray at. So there's uh, places that are holy. But in addition to places, stones aren't holy, but it's actually the people who are standing on them. So it's the gatherings that are holy. So all of us, when we gather, make this church holy. That idea goes right back to the book of Exodus. On the first day, you shall hold a holy assembly. And on the seventh day, a holy assembly, and no work shall be done on those days. So therefore, places are holy, gatherings are holy, and also days are holy. There are specific holy days. Also in the, from the book of Exodus, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And, sorry, days are holy. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. Places are holy, gatherings are holy, days are holy, people are holy, and of course, God is holy. The book of Leviticus, and the Lord said to Moses, Say to all the congregation of the people of Israel, You shall be holy, for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. And all these aspects of holiness are connected with each other, and it's important for us to see ourselves as holy because God is holy and everything we do on a particular day and in a particular place is holy. And that's why we commemorate on this day all the saints to remind ourselves that we as humans share in God's holiness. God isn't holy in the sense of him being far away from us. He's not holy because he isn't us, but God is holy and we share in God's holiness. It's kind of like the, the moon and the sun. The sun emits light, but the moon reflects it. So at night when you look at the moon, you think that the light is coming from the moon, but it isn't. The, the moon is not emitting any light. It's the light of the sun that is emitted from the moon. And that's exactly what each and every one of us is called to do and to be. 
to be that moon for the ray of light of God that shines in the world and for us to reflect God's light in very practical and real ways of, of, of a life of holiness. So also through the Old Testament, we have examples of people that are holy and that have, shown, that have shined forth the holiness of God from the Old Testament to the New Testament. And in a particular way, the Acts of the Apostles shows how the apostles began to do what Jesus did while he was alive. We read in the Acts of the Apostles chapter 5 that even the shadow of St. Peter was healing people. So people were brought, the sick and the ill were brought to St. Peter, and as he passed by, just his shadow was healing them. This is a great example of the fact that not that Peter in his own power or that the saints in their own power do these things, but they do these things to reflect their faith in God and they reflect God's holiness that is working in them. St. Paul, in a particular way, uses this word holiness or saint in a very flexible way. He starts his letters very often to the saints. In other words, to the holy ones. In the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, to all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, slash holy, same word. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. And then in his letter to the Corinthians, he said, to the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those sanctified, made holy, in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, called to be holy, together with all those who in every place call on the name of the Lord. So there we have, in the Old Testament and New Testament, all the different ways that the word holy is used. Of course, ideally and ultimately pointed to God, but anybody who shares in God's glory or in God's actions and gathers to call upon the name of the Lord is in some way called holy or sanctified. And the ultimate purpose of this is to remind us that we are called to be holy. God wants us to be holy. God wants us to be God in this world. And in addition to what we see in the lives of the saints, there is a wonderful phenomenon in the life of the Catholic Church for the last 2,000 years that many holy men and women have shown exemplary, an exemplary life. And in fact, they too have been able to heal. They too have been able to um, do miracles and to teach as Jesus taught and did miracles when he was alive. And in addition to this wonderful phenomenon, within the Catholic Church of people be, being able to do this while they were alive. Literally, if we were, if we were to, to summarize all this, we'd have to summarize the life of absolutely every saint who did all these wonderful things. But let's just focus on one. For example, Mother Teresa. Not only did she live a holy life while she was alive, but after she died, there were also reported many miracles attributed to people who prayed through her intercession. And this is not only Mother Teresa, but Actually, all the saints who are formally canonized in the Catholic Church, we wait for at least two um, certified, authenticated miracles that are proved by doctors, not just um, I, I had a headache and I got better, but medical conditions that um, doctors say could not have been cured in a normal way, but something happened, like somebody prayed to a particular saint or went to a particular shrine and then were radically healed. So let's look at this, just a few examples in the life of Mother Teresa to show us how the holiness of God is lived through us while we are alive and also in special ways after somebody dies. Mother Teresa died in 1997, and within days of her dying, 
There were thousands of miracles reported around the world of people praying to her and being healed in in, in variety of ways. But there were two in particular that attributed to her being recognized as an official saint in the church. The first took place in uh, West Bengal in India and involved the healing of an Indian woman who had absolutely no chance of living but took a miraculous medal that was given to her by one of the sisters of Mother Teresa. She placed it on her stomach and she went to surgery the next day. And before the surgeons even started the surgery, they discovered that she was fully healed. Absolutely no way of explaining. The doctors had, de- had done everything through medication and everything else they could do. And finally, when every, th- when every hope was lost, she prayed through the intercession of Mother Teresa and she was completely healed. And medical reports after that certified that this was an authentic, miraculous healing. The second miraculous healing actually took place in Brazil. And since then, there have been many other, others. And this was, uh, uh, this, in this case, it was a 42-year-old man who had a bacterial infection in the brain that caused him severe brain um, abscesses uh, and uh, caused him major um, agonizing head pain. He too um, was going into an operation, but in this case, he was not able to pray. His wife prayed for him, and once again, before his operation, he was completely healed. This shows us not that Saint Mother Teresa or any of the saints have power independent of God, but that they shone forth, that they shine forth in such great ways God's glory that even after their death, they are able to continue the healing ministry of Jesus. In addition to the saints, the lives of the saints and our saints, Jesus um, and St. Paul in his letters tell us that the saints, in other words, those who live the life of holiness, will be judging the world. It's actually a very interesting theme. So we often think of God judging the world by himself. But God doesn't exist in isolation. He exists with his creation, especially with his creation that did his will, and that is all of us, that is us, the holy ones. Jesus says in the Gospel of Matthew, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man shall sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And then St. Paul says in his letter to the Corinthians, When one of you has a grieving against a brother, does he dare to go to the law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Do you not know that the saints, slash the holy ones, will judge the world? So there we have a very full and complete picture of what it means to be holy. God is holy, people are holy, places are holy, and we are holy. All the saints, all the holy ones are holy, and so when we pray... We are not praying for those who have left the world. We are praying for the holy ones who are with God and are actually still in the world. One of the sayings of Mother of, of St. Teresa, there's another saint, St. Teresa of the child Jesus, she said that I want to spend my heaven doing good on earth. Why? Because those who die haven't left this world. They continue with us in what we call a communion of saints, continually working in this world to do good. The saints are still living. The holy ones are still living with us. And that's why when we pray, we remind ourselves that we are living with God and we are in the presence of God. 
Many saints have focused on this, that we need to shine forth the life of holiness, one of which is St. Irenaeus, who had a great saying, the glory of God is the living man or the alive man. How do we show that we are followers of Christ? By being fully alive, by being alive with Christ and, and having a spirit of, of holiness in our life. That's how we show that we are holy and how we reflect God's holiness. And most importantly, today, let us realize that God wants us to live a life of holiness and that God's holiness is actually associated and lived through each and every one of us. That is a great honor that we have all received to reflect and to be God's loving presence in the world. In closing, a quote from St. Catherine of Siena. If you are what you should be, you will set the whole world on fire. We often say that we wish God, we wish Jesus stayed with us. Well, Jesus is with us through your life, through your life of holiness that reflects his life.